You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing great out there wherever you're listening in from in Cougar Nation. Plenty to get to ahead on today's Locked on Cougars podcast. We're going to talk about Dax Milne as a member of this year's draft class. Our countdown to the NFL draft on Thursday continues. What does BYU's breakout star of the 2020 season have to offer in the pro ranks at receiver? We'll examine that. We'll also continue our countdown with the 100 seasons of BYU football talking about the 1927 BYU Cougar football program CJ Hart's final season as head coach for the Cougars what did they do in his swan song and of course we will catch you up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan the men's volleyball program showing their dominant ability in their MPSF tournament win and also earning the number two seed in the NCAA championships will capture all of that ahead on today's show today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor Bill Bar, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Absolutely love having them on board with us, and we'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in today's show. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for April 26th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Plenty to get to here on a Monday edition of the show. Want to remind you guys, though, first, make sure to hit that follow button wherever you're listening in from, whether it's the brand new Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Hit that follow button. Make sure you join us every day as we talk about the Cougars on the daily. Nice, tidy package here between 20 and 30 minutes. Get you guys on your way and out to do whatever else you got going on. But also a reminder for you that you can listen to this podcast really simply by telling your smart device, whether it's a smartphone, a smart speaker, say, play podcast locked on Cougars. And there you go. We'll be right there with you guys. All right, getting going here on a Monday. Let's start with our breakdowns of these NFL draft prospects. We did five of them last week in our countdown to the NFL draft on Thursday. Today, we're talking about BYU wide receiver Dax Milne. I'm looking forward to seeing what Dax does in the pro ranks right up front because he was a breakout star in 2020. There's no doubt about it. I think that you all would say that Zach Wilson was by far the breakout star for the BYU football program in the 2020 season. But Dax Milne, what he did cannot be overlooked. BYU lost Matt Bushman in training camp in the lead up to the to the season last year. And many people out there thought, holy smokes, who is BYU going to be able to throw the ball to? Well, all Dax Milne did was go out and put up a 1,100-yard season really just was a stalwart for BYU in that offensive attack, really just showed his ability. This is a kid, if you remember, was a former preferred walk-on out of Bingham High School. His teammate, Braden Cosper, who has been slow to develop due to some ongoing knee issues, was the guy who was deemed worthy of a scholarship out of that 
school from BYU. Well, all Dax did was come in and start at Wisconsin, that upset win in 2018 for BYU. And just from there, just continue to build and build and build and really turn himself into a true NFL draft pick. There's not a matter of if Dax Millen is going to get drafted. It's when he's going to get drafted. I would guess it's probably in the latter half of the draft, rounds four through seven. That's kind of where I think he'll end up being taken. But whoever takes him is going to get a very savvy veteran receiver who may not be a burner. They At Pro Day, he was listed with a 4.57 second 40-yard dash. We talked about this in the lead-up to Pro Day. You wanted to see him probably get to the low 4.5s, if not the high 4.4s. And had he run that number, we're probably talking about him potentially in round three. It's really just that simple, it seems like. But this is a guy who I really think is going to make an NFL franchise happy. He's got all the traits you want to see in a good standout slot receiver. Listed at just a shade under six foot, five foot eleven and six eighths, uh, yeah, six eighths inches, 190 pounds with four five seven speed. And the funny thing about Dax Millen is he's got the ability to absolutely make life uh, miserable for an opposing defender, whether it's a linebacker who's covering him, a slot cornerback, or even a safety. His ability to get off of a break, his ability to just get off man pressure alone was impressive at BYU, but his ability to make uh, precise cuts when he needed to, be where the ball needs to be, when it needs to be there, and bring that pass in, it's going to set him apart in the NFL. I'm not saying he's going to go on to superstar him as an NFL wide receiver, but I can tell you this much. I expect Dax Milne to play in the NFL for however long he wants to, barring something unforeseen like an injury. He's got that ability, folks. He really does, and it's just an incredible story to see him go from a preferred walk-on, a guy who turned down scholarship offers from the likes of Weber State to go and play where his dad played. His dad played baseball for BYU walks on, makes the team, ends up starting as a true freshman against Wisconsin in that upset win. And I think a lot of people thought, okay, well, that's cute. What else is he going to do? Well, he goes out and has a solid 2019 season, despite all the quarterback turmoil there, and then goes out and leads BYU in receiving in 2020 as a junior. I don't blame him one bit for leaving early, by the way. This is a chance for him to capitalize on his stock when it's at its absolute highest. There's no guarantee that he was going to be as dominant as he was during 2020 and 2021 could he have potentially improved his draft stock absolutely this is a guy who is not a return missionary he's a younger guy who's going to have an opportunity to play at the age of 20 or 21 here in the nfl kind of the antithesis of what a lot of people think of byu players funny enough but he is really really savvy he's really really smart he works the middle of the field well he works to the sidelines he just makes sure that he is where the ball needs to be when it needs to be there using precise route running the cuts he needs. He's got great footwork. He's got great hands. Man, I, I can go on and on about Dax Mill, and I really, really look forward to seeing what he does in the NFL. The fun part is, is in the NFL now, the new rules stipulate that any player like him as a wide receiver can wear the numbers 1 through 49, also can wear 80 through 89 as well. So his preferred number 5 that he wore at BYU, well, he has the opportunity, if it's not taken on the NFL franchise he's drafted by, to wear that number. It's going to be really cool to see stuff like that for the NFL. I thought there are old rules about, well, if you play this position, you can have these numbers. 
just stupid. Let these guys express uh, some fun, have some fun with their numbers, express themselves a little bit more with their preferred number. What's it hurt to have a guy like Dax Milne wear the number five at wide receiver? It doesn't. Uh, so I look forward to seeing this. I'm looking forward to seeing where Dax Milne gets taken. If he does get taken on Saturday, uh, not Saturday, Friday in rounds two or three, that will surpass all of my expectations for him. I more anticipate him being picked on Saturday in rounds four through seven. But I, like I said, it's not a matter of if he'll get drafted. It's a matter of when, in my opinion. And I'm looking forward to seeing Dax Milne at the next level, along with all of the, these these other players that we profiled and will continue to profile. We'll talk about Brady Christensen tomorrow. We'll talk about Zach Wilson on Wednesday. And of course, Thursday is the first round of the draft. We'll talk about some potential guys who could find themselves as undrafted free agents, etc. Guys like a Zane Anderson, a Troy Warren, or even a Kavika Fanua. We'll talk about those as the week progresses as well. But we'll have that all covered for you guys, getting you ready for this week's NFL draft. Should be a fun, fun week if you're a BYU football fan, considering all the guys that could hear their names called over the three-day event out there in Cleveland. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch you guys up on our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. We're talking about 1927 for the BYU football program. C.J. Hart, his final season as head coach for BYU, will examine that and also look at the future for BYU moving beyond 1927. An interesting development we'll talk about during all of this. Today's show has been brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We've got NBA action ongoing, Major League Baseball, NHL. If you're fans of any of those sports, you can bet on that. They even cover award TV shows and reality TV. If you wanted to bet on the Oscars, you could have done that last night. There's plenty to bet on. They've got real-time updated odds and almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best place to place your bets. And by the way, it's free to sign up. Check it out now. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus courtesy of our friends at BetOnline by using the promo code Locked On. You heard that right. 50% of whatever you deposit the first time using the promo code Locked On, add it into your account. Free money to bet with. It's all courtesy of our friends at BetOnline as they are your online sportsbook experts. Folks, I want to remind you guys to catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. It is brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network as well as Odyssey, the new Odyssey app. It features analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger, among others. The final day, picks 28 through 32 are today, Monday, wrapping up the first round. Also looking ahead to the second and other round picks for teams that did not have a first round pick. It's been a really, really cool venture all last week and might as well catch up now or catch today's podcast if you haven't done so already you can get it on the new odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts odyssey is your home for all the sports podcast music and news that matters to you that's a-u-d-a-c-y the brand new odyssey app check them out all right talking about the byu football program in 1927 as part of our 100 seasons of byu football countdown a long-running series here that will carry us through the summer getting you ready for the upcoming byu football season in 2021 let's talk about what they call themselves the youngsters of 1927. And that's a phrase, if you go back to through BYU's Banyans, the yearbooks that they posted at the time about BYU football, BYU is known a lot of times colloquially as Young University, as well as the youngsters, in addition to being known as the Cougars, who we talked about last week, had been introduced as the mascot in 1923. Well, 1927 was the final year, the final of a three-season run for C.J. Hart as head coach for BYU. Even though he wasn't necessarily considered the actual 
uh, I guess, individual head coach. Eugene L. Roberts, who was the director of athletics as well as the basketball coach, was very much involved with the BYU football program. And I would go go so far as to say they were essentially co-head coaches for the BYU football program. But nonetheless, BYU struggled once again in 1927, going 2-4-1, according to sportsreference.com. They were 85th of 99 college football teams that season. Their simple rating system on SR College Football had BYU 96th out of the 99 teams with an SRS of minus 15.95. BYU struggled in this season. They actually held their opponents pretty well defensively, but just struggled offensively. And that seems to be in the themes early on for BYU here in their football history through the first six years of the program is their inability to score points in bunches. They did set a record for the most points scored in an individual game this season though and we've talked about them before Western States, uh, BYU just made them their own personal whipping boy and BYU set a program record with 60 points in a route of Western States this season. It was the biggest win in BYU football history to date. That came on November 5th. It was a 60 to nothing shutout. Uh, BYU did start the year a grand total of 0-3-1. The one tie came at Cal at the Cal Aggies, which we now know as a Cal uh, Davis, a UC Davis out there. They tied that game 0-0, but opened the season losing to Colorado State 29-0, losing at Colorado Teachers, excuse me, hosting Colorado Teachers at college and losing 21-7, then losing to Utah State in Logan 22-0. They followed that up with a win over Western State 16-0, lost to Utah November 12th at home 20-0, and then finish out the year with a win over Colorado School of the Mines 38-19. So it's nice to finish your season 2-1, but BYU still really hadn't broken through, and that was still to come as BYU announced essentially, I think before this season, that G. Ott Romney was taking over as the new athletics director as well as head coach for all the major sports at BYU. C.J. Hart was going to step aside and be an assistant coach under Coach Romney, who is coming in from Montana State to take over the BYU athletic department. Kind of funny to read about this because you read about a head coach deciding, you know what, I'll step down and be an assistant coach. That doesn't happen in this modern day. That would not happen. A guy like Coach Hart would have been like, yeah, well, I'm out. See you guys. But uh, Coach Hart was a really, really cool story because despite he just his three seasons in charge of the BYU football program, he went on to a very long and distinguished career as BYU, as their PE department, continued to expand and really kind of grow out as a university. Well, he was a mainstay in BYU's athletic department and the PE department through the 1960s. Became a professor, really worked with a lot of athletics programs. He'd coached multiple sports during his time at BYU as well. But just a really, really cool story to hear him. Yeah, he steps down from his job, loses his job as the head coach of the BYU football program, sticks it as an assistant coach for a few more years, and we'll talk about the breakthrough season that Coach Romney as well as Coach Hart underneath him had here in a few days. But just a cool story story is he stuck with BYU as a mainstay there. A guy who came to BYU from Teton High School in Driggs, Idaho. Those of you in southeastern Idaho will know of Driggs. It's right there at the gateway of Grand Teton National Park. Well, he came from Driggs to BYU. Led them to some decent seasons. His one big season was the 3-3 three and three year in his first year as head coach. As BYU got to 500 for the first time as a program. But in the succeeding two seasons, losing records just really, really tough. He went 
went 6-12-2 overall, 6-11-1 in conference play, but just not good enough. And G. Ott Romney, as he move forward, he will take over beginning in 1928 and lead BYU, honestly, to their best run of football until Lavelle Edwards took over in the 1970s. We'll explain more as we continue on with this 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. But 1928 tomorrow, 1929, and just going to run all the way through the summer, folks. We will get all the way to 2020 before we get to the 2021 season opener in September. It's crazy to think it's going to take that long to break it down, but it's been a blast to do it all the way along anyway. So looking forward to that and hope you guys are enjoying us breaking this down as well. So looking forward to the third uh I guess we'll call third iteration of BYU football under coach G. Ott Romney starting tomorrow right here on the podcast. All right, coming up here in a moment, we'll catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan. Plenty to talk about the men's volleyball program really rolling into the NCAA championships. Pretend some good things for them. We'll talk about that and also catch you up on how baseball did and softball did over the weekend as well. We'll get to all of that in just a minute here. Today's show is brought to you, like I mentioned, as our title sponsor builtbar.com folks these are the best tasting protein bars out there i mean that without hesitation i have loved built bars from the day that we launched into advertising with them they're covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to chew they are great for the health conscious guy or gal you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat they're low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber they are the perfect complement for wherever you're at in your health journey and they taste legitimately like a candy bar i love these protein bars. I've had many, many other protein bars who I have just been like, okay, I have to choke this down or I got to drink a gallon of milk with it just to get how dry it is out of my mouth. That's not the thing with the Built Bars, guys. They are absolutely incredible. Over 20 different flavors. I want to encourage you guys to give them a shot. And right now at BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Save yourself some money and enjoy the best tasting protein bars anywhere by going to BuiltBar.com once again and using that promo code LOCKED15. Check it out guys absolutely love this company the best part for those of you here in utah it's a local company to boot so that's builtbar.com promo code lock 15 and enjoy the best tasting protein bars anywhere with built bar Folks, this year the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch all three days of live coverage from the NFL Draft, April 29th through May 1st. Be part of what we're doing. I'm hoping that I'm going to be part of it as well, talking about guys like a Dax Milne, who we just talked about, or even a guy like Zach Wilson. Should be a fun, fun event. So I would encourage you guys to go subscribe and watch and tune in this week. Weekend. All right, catching you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Monday. Let's start off with the BYU men's volleyball program, the number two ranked team in the country. Well, they are the number two overall seed in the 2021 NCAA tournament. This is a really weird format for the men's volleyball championships. They will take place May 6th through the 8th, so a couple of weeks here before this plays out on the campus of Ohio State out there in Columbus. But there are seven teams in the NCAA championships. You heard that right. They're playing a seven-team championship, but BYU is the number two overall seed earned a bye into the semifinals. So they will really only have to win two matches if they want to win a national championship. And it's been 14 years since BYU won a national title, and you want to bet that all of these guys who came back from BYU's team last year was ranked number one before the season was canceled. Well, they have a vendetta. They want to go out there and end that streak of not having a national championship. The University of Hawaii is the number one overall seed. They've been number one 
one most of the season. BYU opened the year as number one, but then fell to number two after some early stumbles. And Hawaii has really maintained that pace as the number one team. And it looks like if you go according to how things are seeded, it should be the Rainbow Warriors and the Cougars facing off for the national championship on May 8th. Looking forward to seeing how things play out for BYU, but I have faith that BYU absolutely can win this national championship. What they showed in the MPSF tournament with dominant back-to-back sweeps in the MPSF championship game, especially BYU showed that they absolutely can peak at the right time and they are peaking at the right time. I do wonder here with essentially a two-week layoff how that will affect the BYU men's volleyball program because you would have liked to seen them come off that championship this past weekend in Provo, travel right to Columbus and carry that momentum forward. Instead, they'll have to chill for a weekend before they get their chance on May 6th to get things really going. But Man, it was really, really cool to see BYU absolutely obliterate the rest of the MPSF, and as they should. This is a team all year long that when they were playing at their best, nobody could hang with them. The MPSF Player of the Year and Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, like we mentioned last week, one of five guys all-time in the MPSF to win back-to-back Men's Player of the Year Award honors. They've got three other guys who are probably almost locks for All-American status, in my opinion. This is a team that is hell-bent on winning a national title and I believe they're absolutely going to go after with everything they've got and I'm looking forward to that because they, they've just proven all year long when they have things going against them, they're going to step up and absolutely get after it. A tough weekend for BYU baseball. They were swept for the first time in WCC action at Gonzaga. BYU's bats really never, never were able to come alive when they needed them to in the three game series against the Bulldogs. Gonzaga's really, really good folks and it's kind of funny. They're similar to BYU in that they're a little more of a cold weather school, but they thrive in BYU's conference as a WCC school playing against some of the other warm weather schools. They're not always a dominant team, but this year they're pretty good and they beat BYU in three straight games up there in Spokane. Mike Littlewood and his squad will look to rebound this week. We'll have more on that throughout the week as they get ready for their upcoming games throughout the week. Uh, Good news though for the BYU women's softball program, they swept San Diego over the weekend in three games, winning their 16th game in a row in the series finale on Saturday. Uh, Gordon Eakin's squad is rolling right now, folks. And yes, I think there are people out there who say, well, this is just a result of them playing a weak schedule in the WCC. I got to tell you what, I'm a softball aficionado. My wife, in interest of full disclosure, did play for BYU softball. The thing about BYU is, yes, they play in one of the weaker conferences, but if you look at their non-conference schedule, all the tournaments they play early in the season, they play against some of the best of the best, and their schedule uh, coming out early, they don't necessarily look great, but it seems like they build momentum from that, and once they get into conference play and play a bunch of in-state teams, they absolutely obliterate the opposition, and it's really cool to see them having won these 16 games in a row, and by the way, in the midst of that, there is a three-game sweep over then number 25 ranked Baylor out of the Big 12 in Provo. So BYU is flexing some muscle in softball and it's good to see for Gordon Eakin and his squad. There's a nice blend of youth and uh, experience on that squad and I think it's going to benefit them as they look to make it to another NCAA regional and hopefully advance to a super regional for just the second time amidst all of this stellar run that BYU's had. They've been to the NCAA regionals I believe 14 straight years but only one super regional visit in that time. You'd like to see them make another 
Super Regional, and why not make it this year if you're the BYU softball program? One final note for you guys before we go here. We talked about last week how BYU is hosting the Robinson Invitational, their home meet for the outdoor track and field season. Well, a really, really cool thing happened over the weekend that hasn't happened very often in BYU's history, and that is that two players, two athletes, excuse me, ran sub-four-minute miles at this meet. All-Americans Casey Klinger and Lucas Bonds both ran sub-four-minute miles at altitude, and the women's 4x400 relay team also broke a school record as the BYU track and field team wrapped up competition at the 2021 Robinson Invitational. To show you how rare it is for uh, Klinger and Bonds to have run a sub-four-minute five four-minute mile, excuse me, at altitude. BYU sits about 4,500 feet. Well, essentially, there's only one other guy who's done it, and that is that Doug Padilla, who's a track and field legend in every sense of the world, word, especially at BYU, well, he was the only guy who had done it at BYU's uh, elevation in their history. So congratulations to both Casey Klinger as well as Lucas Bonds. There's a cool picture of them on BYUcougars.com posing with Coach Padilla, who has been a longtime advocate for BYU longtime coach, assistant, all that type of stuff for the BYU men's and track and field program. Just cool to see two guys do it. And it's not easy to do, folks. Any of you who have run miles and run your lifetime best, mine's, I think, like a six-minute mile. I can only imagine shaving two more minutes off of that and doing it at the elevation that Provo sits at absolutely insane so congratulations to them and also the women's 4x400 meter relay team consisting of Megan Hunter All-American Lena Ellsworth All-American Claire Seymour and All-American Lauren Ellsworth Barnes they clocked a 3 minute 36.33 second time overall that set a new BYU record in the event the previous record was 0.2 seconds slower it was set in 2009 so it stood for just a little while 12 years in all it looks like but congratulations to the BYU women's 4x400 meter team on that BYU record run. All right, that'll do it. A big thank you to you guys for all of your support of the podcast. As always, please follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Locked on Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. If you'd like to follow me there. And as always, feel free to reach out anytime. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address to reach out to us. Hope you guys have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for April 26, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.